Hello, and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today, we continue in the epilogue for Dearest Ones, the letters that Stanley wrote to his family throughout the war. This week, it's a special stretch for us because Veterans Day is around the corner. And of course, that day acknowledges the end of the Great War, World War I, at the 11th hour on the 11th day in the 11th month of 1918. Stanley is about a month into bomber school when he writes to his family on October 10th of 1943, saying that he and his guys, Sherry and Stempler, met three nice girls at a USOT dance that was given for the cadets. And a middle-aged couple walked up to him and said, son, you're the best rumba dancer on the floor. And of course, that made the king smile. Stanley continues to work hard. He went on a 190-mile navigation via Dead Reckoning to Sweetwater, Texas and back. And he's being introduced to the automatic pilot, which he describes as, now there is a really ingenious device. And of course, throughout Stanley's war, wherever he was assigned for training and then entering his real war, he wrote Dearest Ones as a way to stay in touch with his family, of course, and remind them that he was part of a great effort to make the world safe for what was ahead. Sometimes it was difficult, particularly for his mother, to understand what the work required. And in October, he had to write a seven-page letter to his family, focusing on his mother to remind her not to worry and that there was a very good likelihood that the war would be over soon. But in case it wasn't, he was learning to use the bomb site in the air, and his job, as he described it, was just to lay the eggs in the right places. And, of course, the target was a 20-foot square shack. He needed to hit the shack. On October 26th, he related that he had started dropping bombs, and that the measurement of his work was through a circular era of not more than 230 based on the drop of 40 bombs. It was intense and rigorous work, and the Silver King's pages of notes of what he was learning about how to be a bombardier and a navigator are truly amazing. And amidst all the work... On the 16th of October in 1943, he was recommended for a Good Conduct Medal by the Commandant at Carlsbad. And it states that Stanley L. Silverfield, Air Cadet 14103064, is recommended for the award of a Good Conduct Medal. And that's because the soldier has completed one year of continuous active 
federal military service since 7 December of 1941. And during that time, he has demonstrated exemplary behavior, efficiency, and fidelity, and has not been convicted by a court-martial. His character and efficiency are not rated below excellent. Signed by Donald L. Lynn, Captain of the Air Corps, Commandant of Cadets. Along with his Good Conduct Medal, Stanley has just been given a $250 allowance for officers' clothes, and he's impressed by the number and excited by the thought of what he will look like as an officer. And he's describing all that to his mother with a letter in which he calls her Mrs. S., explaining, Well, Mrs. S., this is the Army. I get what I can, and I hope it's mine. What the king is hoping for, of course, is a continued and positive effect on his mother regarding his desire to get married. He's been in touch with his girlfriend from pilot school, the famed Betsy Kirkland in Lakeland, Florida. He has her in his phone book at 625 West Hancock Street with an emphatic Yes, and a check mark nearby. Then, of course, it's back to business as he explains to his family that he's convinced that the men in the air will win the war. And by mid November, he's dropping combat bombs and learning evasive action. And a week later, on the 22nd of November, he's describing riding at night. It's swell riding at night, smooth as silk and really beautiful. Bombing is much easier at night. What the king sees are instruments that he described as luminous and that the nose has an ultraviolet light to record all the data. In late November, Stanley writes about the Thanksgiving feast that they had at Carlsbad, and he enjoyed all of it very much and found it a very nice break from the intense work. And then he relates that he received a letter from a 17-year-old girl in Pelham, Alabama, who had seen his picture in the Birmingham paper. And she wrote to him that she likes my picture and wants me to correspond with her. And then he's into December. And on the 3rd, he records 60 combat bombs with different target requirements at 4,000 feet at a 125-foot radius circle, 10,000 feet at a 350-square-foot target that, of course, inside any of all that are recorded as hits. And then a week later, he's deep into the pilot navigation training. And on the 19th of December, he writes to describe the field combat week in which he never changed his clothes because everything was very cold and all he saw and remembered was sleet and ice. He had three missions during that field week and he wrote a detailed four-page letter about all of it, which was quite amazing. 
Stanley relates that he will spend the Christmas holiday with his new girlfriend, who's a woman named Mary Carnes, who lived at 207 West Hagerman in Carlsbad. And, of course, he had an emphatic yes and a check mark next to her in his phone book. He also thanked his folks for a very nice check, and he said to them, with that money, he'll probably be the best-dressed officer in the Army. Stanley wrote a December 23rd letter, and he's getting anxious. He says he's three weeks from graduation, and he really wants to move on for training on the B-26. He heard it's a great plane. It's a medium-range bomber and a better-made product, and he's anxious to move on. Of course, it's the holiday season, and at the same time, he and his guys are celebrating, and they got a room at the La Carvana Hotel, where he described the liquor as flowing like water, and saying to his parents and his buddies, of course, it's all good because my name is almost like magic in this town. As our hero, the Silver King, concludes his busy year of 1943 in celebratory style, we have reached the end of the epilogue, part 10, Four Dearest Ones, the letters that Stanley wrote to his family throughout the war. And you are listening to the Silver King's War.